Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm Les Raymond. And I'm Sarah Raymond. This is where we facilitate an environment to empower growth among a community of like-minded individuals who strive to live mindfully in all aspects of their lives. We are so excited to have Laura Cannon joining us today. Hi, Laura. Hi, how are you guys? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Laura, and then we'll get right into the interview. She has an impressive list of titles. Laura is a conscious creator, a light shiner, a proud mama, a rich hippie, a speaker, a coach, an author, and an entrepreneur. Laura describes herself as insatiably curious about everything. Her first question was, but why? And that question ignited a lifelong passion for exploring the deeper meaning of life and human potential. She believes in living life with her head in the clouds and her feet planted firmly on the ground. She believes in balancing the wisdom of the heart with the practical demands of life in a modern society. Laura has received formal training in energetic healing techniques. She's a Reiki master as well as a yoga and meditation teacher. She's an ordained non-denominational minister and presides over baptisms, weddings, and funerals in both religious and secular ceremonies. In 2013, Laura became a mother to her adorable daughter, Satori whose name means the moment of awakening to your true nature. On the business side, Laura owns and operates Ceremony Officiants, one of the largest and most successful wedding efficient businesses in the United States. She has been a college admissions and academic counselor while working full-time and running multiple businesses. Laura also earned her master's in human sciences. She is the founding president of the International Association of Professional Wedding Efficients, which has members in 17 countries and six continents. Laura is the proud Tuesdays Together leader in the Rising Tide Society, helping to educate and empower creative entrepreneurs to thrive in a spirit of community over competition. And that's not all. The list goes on. (laughs) 
She is a professional member of the National Speakers Association and gives keynote speeches and seminars around the co country. Most recently, Laura wrote The Conscious Entrepreneur, a guide to maximizing your potential for success, freedom, and happiness. Wow, Laura. That is an impressive <laughs> list of accomplishments. I don't know how you fit that in. That must be a challenge. I was going to say, that makes it sound like I have way more time than I actually have. Uh, <laughs> it's very impressive, for sure. Uh, tell us, Laura, out of all these things, what are you most proud of? What's the, the biggest love in all that that you do? Well, you know, it's funny. I always tell people when they ask me what I do, because obviously I don't rattle that list off to, <laughs> to everybody. That would be quite a bore. So when people ask what I do, I say, you know, I do what I love and I'm blessed to love a lot of things. So I would say what I love is that I'm always just going where my heart leads me in the moment. So there's nothing that I take on that's not something that that's a total reflection of that, you know. So I love performing weddings. I love teaching yoga. I love speaking to groups. I love coaching my clients. So, and, and being a mom, you know, I love all of those things. So I don't even think that there's one that I love more than anything else. I think that what I love is that I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to be able to do so many things that I love and that, that I've kind of hodgepodge them together. You know, I, I'm sure some people listen to that and think like, okay, well, she's a jack of all trades. <laughs> master of none you know but my goal really is to just follow where my heart leads me and to be of the most service and I've been able to to serve and to do great work in all of those areas so anytime I find something that ignites that that drive and that curiosity and that hunger and that passion in myself then I just follow it with curiosity and I see where it goes that's a really beautiful outlook and I feel like you're really lucky to be able to do what you love and as you said love so many things yeah, yeah, no, I, I really, really am. And, and certainly, you know, I, I mean, I should also say for your listeners, I think sometimes people, depending on where you are in your journey, you know, I want to say this has been a very long journey for me. You know, I've been on this path for, for you know, uh, almost two decades now. And I think sometimes when you hear somebody talking about, you know, the last chapter of their story, you know, and you're kind of on like the beginning stages or the start of your story, you feel like, oh my gosh, well, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> you know, I'm barely like, you know, holding it together with my nine to five job and having time to go to the gym. And so, you know, I, I don't say those things as a comparison, but really as an inspiration to tell people, you know, you can do what you love. And maybe that's not necessarily for a career. Maybe you're doing what you love just in, in your hobby time. And I think that that's, that's totally great. So, you know, I, I want that to be an inspiring list for people and you know not not for anyone to feel like oh my gosh well not only do I not want to do all those things but I can't even imagine finding the time because when you do follow what you love the, you know the space gets made in your life for those things sure yeah. well, I think that is a very inspiring list yeah I made a full <laughs> quote from there for our listeners <laughs> Well, um, so being that you have been on this journey, as you said, for almost two decades, maybe you could share a little bit more about the journey up to this point. Um, and really just looking back, if there are any specific moments that you're grateful for uh, throughout the, the journey that you took. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a it's been such a wild ride, you know, with with twists and turns. And, you know, where I started is certainly not where I've ended up. And um, I think mm -hmm. I 
you know, I, I started the traditional career path of, of going to college and enrolling in college. And I thought that I was going to be an investment banker. Now, oh. you notice that nothing on my list at all, <laughs> you know, has anything to do with investment banking. And that's because I did not know that about. Yeah. You. So that was you know totally soul sucking for me. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. not that there's anything wrong with that profession, but that for me, uh, you know, I just that heart that I'm talking about, that feeling of, like, oh, I really love this was not there. And, you know, back in those days, I think that I was, you know, you know you're a product of your environment and your, your parents and your upbringing. And I was always told not that you go to college to study something that you're interested in, but you go to college so that you can get a degree that will get you a job that will make money and put food on the table. And so... Yeah. I think I heard somewhere along the way that, you know, like that was a job that would be really good and really safe and really good to do that. And, you know, back 20 years ago, that probably was a lot more true. Uh, and so I was following that path and realized that I just absolutely, it was just not the right path for me. And I remember just being kind of like in this dark night of the soul of, you know, what I'm going to, what am I going to do next? And I had this really awesome advisor in college, uh, Jimmy Robbins, and he I came in his office crying and I said, you know, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I, I spent two, I was already two years into college. I'm going to waste all these credits. And I said that I'm just not good at anything. And he said, Oh honey, you're good at something. Right? You know, through <laughs> tears. I said, well, what is it? And he said, talking. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, well that is true. That's very true. And I said, but you can't major in talking. He said, yes, you can. It's called communication. So I, that's how I changed into a communications major. That was my undergrad. And uh, while I was in school, that's when I started my first business um, doing a, a, event planning and uh, throwing events and that, that I sold that. And I kind of went on then a totally different part of my journey in which I was diving into the more spiritual side of life. I moved to California. I traveled. I studied with different curanderas and healers and, you know, really dove into my yoga practice and kind of went totally in the other direction once I finished college. Because after all that, I realized, you know, like there's got to be something more than just making money and, and, and doing this. There's, there's my heart's calling me to something else. So, uh, so for a while, I was really more on the head in the clouds type of life. But I'm a Taurus, I'm grounded, I'm super practical. And so I never could have been one of those, you know, hippie people that just, you know, basically lived a burning man. Like that was never going to, that was never going to work for me. So, uh, you know, then I kind of came to, to finding a balance. And I would say I was also, I like to think of myself as a recovering control freak. Um, <laughs> you know, people in my life might argue that it's, you know, recovery is a long process, but, you know, I... I think in my younger years, I was a lot more controlling and I felt safe when I was able to control what was happening in my life. And I felt safe knowing that I had this plan, you know, I was going to go to college and I was going to get this degree and it was going to do this, this and this. And, um, and I felt really safe with the more things that I could control. And I had a lot of experience early on in my life with death and losing people that were really close to me and, um, you know, some, some near-death experience myself. And I think that what happened was that that was the thing that I ended up being the most grateful for. Um, death ended up teaching me more than I think, you know, living could have ever taught me. Um, it really taught me the value of life and the value of living and, and really the truth that we can plan and planning is important 
important and it's important to set a direction and to set goals and to follow those goals, but that ultimately, you know, we're really not in control and that there are things beyond our control and that the most valuable thing we can do instead of learning how can I control everything and how can I manage everything, but is really how can I learn to be the space for whatever arises? You know, people will die things will die, businesses will die, you know, things change. It's the nature of life. And, and I remember this one time I was walking in the woods doing this walking meditation and I became really aware of how, you know, all the dead leaves were on the ground and I'm crunching them with my feet and just so aware that that part of death, the death of those leaves, the decaying matter was literally what was feeding the rest of the forest into growth. That's what was feeding the trees and, and that it wasn't separate, but that it was really part of the same thing. So I, my master's degree, which you had mentioned, which is as human, human sciences, the specialization was in thanatology. So I went on to study death and dying. Uh, and really that has influenced me so much. And I think that really led into both my volunteering with hospice because I spent many years doing that um, and watching how people, uh, you know, on their deathbed, how, how they relate to life. You know, when, when life is, seems more precious, you know, when we become more aware that, you know, it's short and it's limited. So that was really something I'm so grateful for was to have that as, as such a teacher in my life. And recently, actually, it's, it's really incredible. But in the past 40 days, I have lost seven people in my life in 40 days. And one of my friends said to me, like, that is just, I'm so sorry. You know, like, how are you even able to function? And, and I said, honestly, it's, it's really been such a gift because it's allowed me to, to really be a beacon for other people and to show them that, you know, you can be the space for something greater. And, and that fed into my meditation practice and really learning that impermanence is part of life. And if we don't learn how to be okay with the changing tides and we don't learn how to, to find a way to adapt to that, we suffer so much. And so finding meditation and, and finding ways to connect with myself and to just be more mindful, I think has been, you know, death is what led into that. But that's just been such a blessing and something that I think everybody can benefit from. Wow, Laura, that is, those are just such inspirational words in general. There's so much to get from that. And I think there's so much for everybody to learn from from what you just said. Mm, thank you. Uh, like that word impermanence. I remember reading about that in your book. Impermanence is a part of life. Yeah. There's a, so much to learn right in that in that line. Uh, and we're going to get into your book more very shortly. Um, curious more about your past. I've already learned so many things about you. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought I knew you. How little did I know? Um, so you thought the bio was long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Um, is there is there any big challenge, any obstacle that along the way you faced? Any specific, I know obviously in the last forty days you've had um, you know something tremendous to deal with. But going back to closer to your, the beginning of your journey or or somewhere along it where there was an obstacle, some type of adversity you had to face that you figured a way to to grow from, to continue on. Yeah. Well I think that when I was working full time 
and I, and I loved my job because, you know, as I said, I only do what I love. And, and I really did love working at the college and, and doing, you know, mentoring and counseling and advising for students. And I loved it. But at the time, I was also starting my, my wedding business and my, my entrepreneurial ventures. And I had gotten to this point where I was working full time at my required, you know, 40 hour a week job which I loved, but I was also building my business and I had built built my business to the point where I was working just as many hours. So probably putting in a combined 80 hours a week. It was before I had a child, uh, putting in a combined 80 hours a week. And it wasn't making the money that my full-time job was making. And I so knew that to make the next leap, into really growing my business, if that was what I really wanted to do, that I was going to have to let go of the full-time job. And it was terrifying because, and I think so many people face this, like especially, you know, yogapreneurs and people who are wanting to, you know, like start fitness businesses and, and Pilates businesses. And, you know, you're, you're often transitioning from another career and it can be hard to know, like, when, when is that time? And I really felt stuck because I didn't want to give up the income or the health insurance. You know, I'm sure you can relate to. Um, sure. I didn't want to give up all of those things. And at the same time, I had to really make the leap. And I, I really think, again, one of the things that, that totally helped with that was meditation. It was also, again, feet in the, feet in the ground, head in the clouds. I convinced myself that, you know, the world, the system, the nine to five world will always take you back. So I had imagined that, you know, hey, if I left and I gave this two years, so I made a plan. So this is how I kind of face this adversity of, of how do I how do I jump into this new thing, but also knowing that I'm the practical kind of person, that I was never going to be somebody that was like, oh, it's okay. It'll just work itself out, you know, because I had a mortgage to pay. So. I wasn't, you know, fully into the, you know, jump without a, without a net, but I wanted to give myself some kind of net. So I used a mix of both visioning and planning and I kind of planned, well, okay, two years, two years I can give myself to see if this is going to work. Most people would say five, but I could, <laughs> in my mind, I could commit to two. So I, right. This is the recovering control freak, exactly. right? Exactly. Recovering. It's recovering. <laughs> Better than nothing, but... Uh, Good plan. Right. Two instead of five. So I gave myself... <laughs> um, I saved up enough money that I said, okay, I'm going to save up enough money so that I have two years worth of mortgage payments. So if I can pay my mortgage for two years, then I'm then that basic need of, you know, like shelter... Right. Because if we're working kind of in these basic, if you remember Maslow's hierarchy, you know, if we're working on these basic needs of like food, shelter, safety, psychological security, we, it's really hard for us to make these jumps into these bigger parts of our life. And so I wanted to give myself that stable ground and then make the leap. And so it was July of 2010. So just past my six year anniversary, when I left my full time job to be a full time entrepreneur. And I am just really proud and, and happy to say that I, I did not have to worry about the two years and it worked out perfectly. And while it was a little scary at first, you know, that, that it, there was a net, it turned out. <laughs> I had my extra safety net there just in case, but, but that I leaped and the universe provided a net and it's just grown and it's grown and it's grown. And, um, it's just been, it's been really awesome. 
That's great. Yeah. Laura, I can remember, um, I'm, I think it was before you left your full-time job, we were in a mastermind yes. group together in your, um, at your dining room table. Yes. And at the time, you had just yourself as the sole wedding officiant in the business. And when I was looking at your website earlier today, <laughs> you have 26 officiants working for you. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Isn't that wild? What a, what a <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's so wild. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, Sarah, because, um, you know, talking about things that have been like really valuable and I'm super grateful for. And, and I think we were talking uh, you know, previous to this about, you know, people who've it's really inspired. Everyone's got somebody that's a mentor or something, you know, on their journey. And I have been doing mastermind groups and Sarah and I had been doing a mastermind group for, for so long. I don't even remember when we started that group, but um, probably as far back as like 2008 or 2009, we were starting that group. But um, sounds about right. But yeah, we having a group of people who are going through similar things in life. So it's important that when you're creating a mastermind group, if you don't know what that is, it's essentially getting together a group of like-minded um, friends, colleagues, you know, a small group in which you can have um, each time to have space and, and to share. But the, the group acts as like your board of directors. And for those of you who are listening who are entrepreneurs, uh, solopreneurs, yogapreneurs, and don't really feel like you have, you know, you don't have a management team. You don't have a CEO and a CMO and a CFO. It is so awesome to have a group of people who, even if they're not in your industry, you know, Sarah was in uh, fitness and I was in weddings, but we were both facing the same struggles that so many entrepreneurs face, both, you know, technically in our businesses with contracts and people, and also just you know, spiritually and emotionally, you know, you run up against a lot of things that require a lot of courage when you're, when you're running your own business. And uh, having that group of support was just like the most beneficial thing that I think I've had in my whole career. And so I, I really firmly encourage that, you know, if you don't have a, a, a group that you're meeting with a mastermind group, set up your own. It's super easy to do. You just put someone in charge and then, each person can be allotted a certain amount of time. There's lots of different formats, but I think we found in our group that um, each person would have 20 minutes and then another 10 minutes for everyone to kind of go around and reflect on what, what the person had said and offer advice and also to hold them accountable. So it's kind of like having your own team of coaches. So we would each write down notes of what we were going to hold the other person accountable to something that they chose for themselves. Uh, and, it was just just so wonderful and so amazing, and I'm, I still participate. I think I'm in, like, three different mastermind groups. <laughs> so, you know, I totally recommend them um, for everyone. They're, they're just so great. Yeah, I, I agree, Laura. And I think one thing that really was beneficial to me was just to have other people's outside perspectives. Yeah. You know, fresh eyes where I always came away from the meetings thinking, oh, my gosh, why didn't I think of that? Mm -hmm. And that's why we had each other. Exactly. Exactly. So it was really great. You know, and I think, so, um, I think while you while you do talk a lot about using meditation as a practice, I'm just curious if you have a specific um, definition of what mindfulness means to you or how you apply it in your work and in your other areas of your life. Yeah, I think being mindful, you know, I don't have like a, an elevator speech type of definition, but I, but I think that being mindful is really about bringing your 
full awareness to whatever you're doing and being aware of both internal and external factors. So, you know, you can have both what's happening in your environment and then also the way in which you're reacting to something. So it's one thing to say, oh, well, yes, I'm, you know, I'm aware of the fact that I'm um, sitting here in this train station right now waiting for my train. It's another thing to say, well, I'm mindful and aware that I'm sitting in this train station and internally I'm feeling angry and upset that my train is not here. So it's kind of about being able to, to register what's happening outside and inside and then just holding this in this space of non-judgment. So I think that's the other really key element is, is being mindful of something isn't about saying that something is right or something is wrong or something is good or something is bad, but it's really about being able to see clearly things as they are. So I have a formal meditation practice that I follow. You know, I start every day with the meditation. I end every night with the meditation and I meditate in the middle of the day also. But I honestly sometimes think that that's really great for starting a foundational practice. And my students will ask me, well, you know, how do I start a mindfulness practice? Hey, it's great if you can say I'm going to do just five minutes even in the morning and at night. And and that's great. But quickies are like kind of amazing, you know, just (laughs) in all forms, you know. Um, So, you know, taking a moment to just quickly come back to this moment, no matter what you're doing. So if you're washing the dishes, like, wash the dishes, you know, don't be thinking about uh, what you're going to make for breakfast. You know, when you're in any task throughout the day, just take a moment and drop into your breath. So I think that the breath is such a great anchor for helping people to become more mindful. Because as I tell my students in meditation, you know, the breath, it's the first act that we do when we're born. It's the last act that we're going to do before we leave this earth. It's the one thing that is constant. It's the one thing that is always with us. It's, it is life. So it, it's always there. And for most of us, if we're just going to be honest, you know, you think like, what, have I thought about my breath today? You know, no. <laughs> Good thing it doesn't need us to think about it to work. Um, right. But we're not thinking about it. And when we bring our awareness back to it, like, oh, I'm breathing and you know, my chest is rising and falling and I feel the sensation of air coming past my nostrils or I feel my my belly lifting and and lowering just connecting back to that so when people ask me well how do I start just connect to that the thing that is always there the thing that is if it's not there you've got bigger problems (laughs) so you know if the breath is there just use it as your anchor because the breath is always going to be part of the present moment they can't be separated out so if you're feeling lost in your mind and your thoughts and your experience if you're feeling super stressed out finding a way back to the breath and just saying okay this breath right here and then this one and just using it to re-arrive. So I always say it's like an invitation to re-arrive to this present moment. And that helps me get more mindful. So I think doing that throughout the day is oftentimes, I hesitate to say more important, but you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? You know, why are you having a meditation practice? Why is being mindful important? For me, uh, I want to be mindful for the exact reason I said earlier, which is that I want to create a space in my life that allows me to suffer less. 
because I'm not as attached to what's happening. Things can come and go with that non-judgment. So I want to practice that not sitting in lotus position on my bedroom floor with incense and candles and my eyes closed because that's <laughs> that's freaking pretty easy. I mean, even that's hard, but it's still a lot easier than how are you going to do it when the stressed out cashier is, you know, giving you a nasty look and cramming all your groceries into a bag and, you know, can you do it then? Can Can you do it? Can you do it when someone's dying in front of you? You know, I was with my great aunt yesterday. She's dying in hospice. And, you know, it was holding her hand as she's taking her last breath. Could I be present in that? Not just with my incense and, and, my, and my legs folded on the floor. But can I really be present to all of what life's experiences brings? Because it's, you know, not every day. You know, luckily, every day I'm not sitting in hospice. And every day I'm also not laying at the beach. You know, it's you're going to have both in your life. So finding a way to be able to navigate that and having a mindfulness practice is just so important. Oh, that's great, Laura. Such great advice mm -hmm. there. Thank you. Um, all right. I've been waiting for this. Let's talk more about this book, The Conscious Entrepreneur. Uh, we've got a lot of listeners out there, professionals in the movement industry or other mindfulness-based industries. Um, while some may work for a gym or studio and others on their own, they're all entrepreneurs on some level. Yeah. So... What's your best advice for these listeners, these entrepreneurs that are out there helping people move better and, and striving to improve the quality of their lives? How, how do you use it? What can we get from, from the book? How, what are these folks to expect mm -hmm. and what are they to gain from your book? Well, I want to answer the question without the book first, um, because what comes to me to, to share with your audience is to ask them to, to think about the people in their lives who've been the most influential. And when you think about these, these people, if you just take a minute to spring someone to mind, you know, that the person that you've learned the most from, or if you have children, right, and you think about all the things that you tell your children. As your children get older, what you come to find is it's not what you told them that they remembered, but it's what you did, and it's how you acted. And if you think about the people that you learn the most from, it's usually not because they told you how to do something, but it's because you watched them, you observed them, you saw them living it. So, you know, for all of us that are entrepreneurs, I think it's really important to remember when you're an entrepreneur, you're creating the experience. You're in charge. You're responsible for the experience you're creating. And so that starts within and if you're not able to come to peace with yourself, to, to, to really move inside of yourself and be connected with what's there and be mindful of your own experience, then no matter what you're trying to teach someone, it's not going to come out as clearly and cleanly. You know, I like to think of us as entrepreneurs as we're, you know, these like channels, so like an impeccable fire hose that I like to say, you know, we're, we're, we're channeling um, a teaching for someone, you know, so whether you're teaching them how to, how to do kettlebell swings or you're teaching them how to do a, a better pigeon pose, you know, you're letting that teaching flow through you and, and that's going to flow through your beings. So take care of yourself you know self-care is so important so in the book I outline you know some major principles of what I think is important these are things that I think that it's important only because it's what's come up time and time again with my clients of if my clients knew these things they would suffer less they would be more free more happy more successful so 
some of the topics in the book, you know, are the ideas of service, you know, impermanence, being in the present moment, learning how that you are your own compass. So learning how to connect to your own compass. When you learn about some of these things, the, the idea of oneness I talk a lot about in the book, when you start to really understand that you are not any different than your business, you know, we walk around with this idea of like, oh, I'm this person and then I run this business and that's like a separate thing. That's what I do for work. Like, it's really, it's really not. It's still you that's performing that task. So whatever is in you is getting all over your business, you know, so that can be a blessing and a curse. So if there's things that you're not aware of in yourself, inevitably, they're going to come out in your work. And your work is going to be a place where it's mirroring back to you some of your own internal things that are happening. And so learning how to use your business and your life as its own teacher, like letting your business teach you about the places where you're strong, the places where you're weak, the places where you really are shining a light for people. So I would definitely encourage people, even if you're not an entrepreneur, because again, I look at entrepreneurs as someone who is creative and responsible for their own destiny. But how is a mom not that? A mom is the entrepreneur that is creating like these little beings to go out into the world and to be these awesome, shiny, bright lights, you know, and that's still something that we're creating. And so one of the things I think is really important is that we really get clear about who is it that's creating? What are we creating? What are we putting out there? Are we walking our talk? You know, it's real easy to say, be mindful, be present. I mean, have you ever taken a yoga class with someone who you thought, like, this person is definitely not practicing yoga? <laughs> you know, I have, you know, and, um, and I thought to myself, this person is not, this person is not even connected to their body right now. Um, <laughs> and, and so you really just have to think about that. Am I, be honest with yourself, you know, am I walking my talk? Am I walking my talk? Were you just judging there? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I was, I, I think that I am honestly appraising that I have noticed people walk around most of the time, not in their body. You know, that happens. Not a judgment, just, it just is what it is, you know, and it's each of our own jobs to figure out how are we going to come more into ourselves. Well, I'm glad you shared that because my next question was going to be, you know, is this book really good for only entrepreneurs or would it be good for those employees that are nine to fivers and like you said, moms and dads out there? And it sounds like it really could be for anyone. It really is for anyone. You know, I wrote it, The Conscious Entrepreneur, because I want to help people to be more conscious in everything that they do. Entrepreneurship is the lens that I use because that's where I spend most of my day. I run several different businesses. I spend a lot of time as, as an entrepreneur. So because of that, I can speak in that language. And so I think it resonates with people who run their own businesses. Uh, well, you guys have read it, so you'd know if that's true or not. But, <laughs> you know. It's a great book. I have a, a half a dozen books or so on my bedside, and that's always one oh, of them. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I, so I feel like, yeah, it speaks to entrepreneurs, but I, I think that you could attest to the fact that really I, I think anyone could benefit because these are just core principles that if you understand, uh, you know, that these are different ways that we could be looking at life and living life and different lenses we can put on, I think it can benefit everyone. And I, and I say in the book, you know, these are just perspectives. Try them on. You know, if it doesn't fit for you, let it go. You know, I'm not attached to, to people doing them, but 
I know how much they've helped me and how much they've helped my clients. And I'm somebody that wants to light up the whole world. And so if it's going to help anybody, great. If it doesn't resonate with you, like that's okay. But you'll find what it is that does and, and follow that. Well, Laura, you've given us a lot of really great insights and valuable information, actionable uh, things that our listeners can do. Uh, so I know that our listeners are going to want to find out more about you. So uh, will you share with us where we can connect with you or how we can get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. So I'm just learning about this whole, like, Instagram, Snapchat world. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I am on Instagram. Uh, Laura C. Cannon on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook as facebook.com forward slash Laura Conscious Cannon. And my website is lauracannon.com. And I also have an offer, too, for your listeners. Um, One of the things that I was hearing a lot from people is like, well, I don't know. I don't even know. I I feel like I want to be an entrepreneur. I feel like I just don't know how to follow my passion or I I don't know how to find what I'm passionate about. And so I think that people sometimes have an idea that that means they're going to find a certain job or a career. But I have this exercise that I've created, which is a mix of a guided visualization and a workbook called How to Find and Follow Your Calling in Seven Simple Steps. So even if you think that you're totally on the right path, it certainly never hurts. Um, I help you come up with some words that you can use as like guiding words for you that just like how I spoke about the breath being an anchor, these words can be an anchor to anchor you back into what's really important to you. Uh, And so I have that available at lauracannon.com forward slash offers. And so you can just download it right there. And then I'll put all of this in the show notes as well people can easily get get in touch with you great and i would love for you to buy my book and then if you're so kind to write an amazon review because my gosh it's hard to get people to do that um so yeah go to um amazon.com has my book uh and also it's available through my website it'll link you right through amazon um and i don't know if you may have that in the show notes as well but um you can I certainly can. get it's called the uh, conscious non-entrepreneur and a guide um, to maximizing your potential for success freedom and happiness so I hope that you will all check it out. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Laura, for sharing your time and wisdom on the Mindful Movement Podcast. We're grateful for you. Oh, and grateful for you I'm guys. And we know you have a, a busy schedule, so <laughs> we're definitely grateful that you fit us in. Oh, so and grateful. thanks to our listeners, too. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Interviews are going to be published every Wednesday. Meditations are going to be published every Monday. Connect with us on Facebook. Instagram, and YouTube, and tell us what you want to hear. We love to hear from our listeners. We hope you will grow with us.